0: You're listening to the Sermon Cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. That, but I cannot wait to get into the Word of God with you today. Last week I started... I don't even call them series, but a couple of messages. I've actually got about at least two hours worth of material left. Trust me, I'm not going to go through it all of today. But I started last week talking about breakthroughs, and breakthroughs are amazing. Breakthroughs, if you've ever been raised in the Pentecostal tradition or, you know, the full gospel tradition or anything like that, breakthroughs were part of the experience. Camps, a lot of, of what happened at camps were breakthrough experiences. I, and without getting into an in-depth definition of what's a breakthrough, a breakthrough is simply whenever something that you've been struggling with in your life that you're not happy about. It, yeah, it can be in in the way that you live for the Lord, your service for the Lord, but also it can just be in the generality of life, things that they seem to rule over you rather than you ruling over them. The Lord specializes in bringing uh, times of... I don't know if you want to call it deliverance. deliverance's time of being set free, times of the power of that thing that once dominated you being broken, and now uh, that who the sun sets free is free indeed, that breakthrough kind of experience. And so last week, I, I kind of went with, rather than just um, being stuck on that specific times and moments where there are breakthroughs, really, the Christian life is literally a life of continual breakthrough. So that's kind of what I was bringing out last week. Today, I want to talk to you more specifically about, are you in a season of breakthrough? I was going to try to wrap in today's message and what will be next week's message the Lord tarries and the Lord willing. And there's just too much there. So I'm going to give you um, uh, this this part out of Book of Acts chapter 3. So I'd like you to go there. We're going to focus on helping us identify if we're actually in a season that is the Spirit of God has been leading us in our journey where he's bringing us to a place where we can have a breakthrough in our life in whatever area that he desires because the Christian journey is an upward journey, right? Uh, we become more and more like Jesus the longer we're here. That's the plan. That's the purpose. That's what the Holy Spirit is so good at. In verse 11 of Acts 3, it says, Now as the lame man who was healed, held... Uh, you know what? That is where I want to start in reading. I think it's on the screen. But I want to, by way of just kind of setting the stage, this is the account of Peter and John going together to the temple in the afternoon to pray. In verse 2 of chapter 3, it says, There was a certain man lame from his mother's womb who was carried there and laid daily at the gate of the temple at the uh, gate called Beautiful. And there he would ask for alms as from the people who entered. Most of you know the story. He saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and he asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, verse 4, with John and Peter, uh, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand lifting him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. An incredible testimony of a miracle of healing. And uh, it was... Uh, one of those things that you look at and think, man, that's great that it happened then, but um, do things like that still happen? Things like this still happen all the time. Uh, in, 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 if one of the great things I believe about going to heaven is that there we'll have absolutely full knowledge of all the great things that the Lord is doing that we miss down here just because we're just in a local spot, in a local place. We don't see everything the Lord is doing, but the Lord is, is continually extending his kingdom. So everybody saw that. They all they all were in amazement, the Bible says. Now we're going to pick it up in verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which was called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, and he said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? Can somebody say amen? (laughs) <laughs> it's all Jesus, all right? And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. Now uh, Peter starts ministering to them, to this group of, of Jewish people. Uh, and and he, he, he starts ministering them, really, that this whole idea I want to bring up, this season of breakthrough. And it's more than just this crippled man being healed. And so he said, um, uh, that whom you delivered up, in verse uh, 13, and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we were witnesses. You know what? Peter had no... Uh, uh, he did not shrink back from just speaking the truth. And it was kind of rough right then for the, for the audience. But I believe, I know, he was anointed of the Holy Spirit and God was doing something and bringing them to a point that they needed to come to. Sometimes, well, the Bible says that we are to speak the truth in love to people. And, and sometimes, you know, you heard the old saying, the truth hurts. But sometimes the, the Lord, in his love for us, will just begin to reveal us the way we are. And I believe most of the time that's kind of a painful experience. But the Holy Spirit, uh, it never does that to just harm us or hurt us. He always does that with a redemptive factor in mind. And I believe it's one of the steps in if you're going to receive a breakthrough, you're going to have to have an encounter with the truth of what's going on in your life. That's what was happening here with these people. So Peter lays it out. Hey, you guys were the ones that crucified Jesus. Verse 16. In his name, through faith in his name, he has made this man strong, whom you see... And no, yes, the Father, which comes through him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all of you. Verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. He's telling them. He's giving them not the out, but he's giving them the mercy and the wonder and the glory and the grace of God. I know that you did it in ignorance. That is, you crucified Jesus. You rejected the Messiah, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And this is the part we're going to use as the jumping off board today. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before. This whole idea of times of refreshing. It's in this, it's in this context that he was certainly telling these, these Jewish people that were now witnessing the power of Jesus uh, being released into sick bodies, that not only did he come to save souls, but he came to heal and deliver and set the captives free and do uh, the full work of the cross. was not just about getting you into heaven. The full work of the cross was making a full show that the authority of Christ is over anything that the devil has, that uh, we serve. On the on the winning side, Amen. And so when he's talking about this, that, that times of refreshing may come. This this word time, and I'm not going to get real deep into it, but this is the word Kairos, not Chronos. Chronos is just you know the watch and you know the seconds tick and the minutes tick and the hours tick, and that's Chronos. Kairos, however, in this Greek mentality, was not just about logging time or punching the clock. Kairos had the notion that if you're going to look at this, this is a part of time where something is specifically targeted for that moment of time. For that season, it literally means a set season or an opportunity available to you. Knowing the opportunities available to you in the season you're in sets you up for having a breakthrough. I'm going to repeat that again. I didn't put it in my notes from the screen, but uh, if you want to write it down, I'll, I'll say it slower. Knowing the opportunities available to you in the season you're in sets you up for having a breakthrough. We live in an incredible time in the whole dispensation. If you want to look at when when Jesus came to when Jesus comes again, we're in this dispensation of grace where literally the kingdom is at hand and anything is possible to those who have faith who will come and trust and believe the Lord. His timings involved, His ways involved, His wills involved. But to us, it's like, uh, uh, you know, if we draw near to Him, He draws draws near to us. In James chapter four. And so, knowing those opportunities available to you, I think one of the one of the great uh, challenges to ministry, to preaching or teaching or exposition and that kind of thing, is literally um, there. There is so much this Bible tells us that is at our disposal that it would take a thousand lifetimes to really go through it all. But there is more that He has made available to every one of us, to the least of us. If you want to say that, it's not just to the greatest, to the kings, the queens the presidents, the rulers, the rich. No, it's to the, it's to the poor and the weak and the humble and those that, that on this world don't have much. But God says, you are welcome. Anybody who will, anybody who doesn't have money, come on and let them buy. Come into the kingdom. I have opened the door for you. And that's what Peter is telling... Uh, this crowd that was around him. He said, all that you have to do is repent, or that is, you just need to do a 180. You rejected Jesus back then, but now you can do a 180 and accept him and receive him, and then all of this thing becomes available to you. That's the message he was preaching to them. And he said, and be converted, that is, when you make the 180, you're happy that you did it. That's my definition of conversion. When you make the change, you actually get glad that you made the change. Amen. Somebody just didn't make you. You didn't do it because you, you were, you know, you get a, a a better way out of something or whatever, do specialty. No, you did it, and you're glad that you did it. I'm just glad you accepted Jesus way back then. Oh, wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Wouldn't wouldn't exchange it. Oh, if you could have, if you could be a billionaire or be a Christian. And, and there's nothing against billionaires. I'm just saying my life because I'm not a billionaire. And uh, But he said, if you had those, no, I'll take being a Christian any day, being a follower of Jesus any day. That's the point I'm trying to make. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come. What I want to bring to you today is is you knowing that that there is an opportunity for you to have a refreshing or a breakthrough. That is, when God comes in and changes circumstances in such a way that what it used to be in your life, you're no longer recognizable after he gets done with you. Behold, Jesus said, old things pass away. You know the rest of it. And, all things, not most things, not some things, not if, all things. And so we look at it and we're like, well, the all hasn't happened yet. Well, that's what you get the whole rest of the journey to, to, to work it out. He's going he's gonna to work in that in you. So there's a couple of little ideas I want to bring to you about uh, seizing on, uh, on, on the season of opportunity. And the season of refreshing may come from where? From the presence of the Lord. Just a little side note before I go any further on this. We love worship. This is a worshiping church. This is a worshiping church before I ever got here. I can tell, right? And, uh, I mean, you can feel it in the spirit. You can feel it, it, it when, when, you know, when the, when we're singing the songs and doing all of that. It's not just about singing songs. It's literally ministering to the Lord because that refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. So just a little pastoral note here. On Sunday morning, prepare yourself as you come to the house of the Lord to worship Him. Kind of just say, Lord, I'm going to lay aside the stuff and I know y'all got it. Because I got it, she's got it, you've got it, everybody's got it. Just take a time out and say, job, boss, this problem, that problem, that. You're just going to have to take a pause. You're just going to have to be left there. I check it at the door. When I come in here, my focus is going to be upon him. And I'm going to minister to him. That's stewarding the presence of the Lord. And as we minister to him, he, he, he encourages that He gives us the opportunity that we can bring and offer something that he desires by the lifting up of our voice, by the surrendering of our heart and our world, by the praising and the adoring of Him. And in that moment, there is a there is a manifest presence that comes. How many felt it this morning? I did. I did. Thank you so much. Worship team, Tiffany, Rand, and I, you know, uh, Pastor Grace, and I know I miss uh, people, and I forgive me on for that, but they're just the ones in the front row. I can see the whites of their eyes, and so, you know, they're good targets. But, uh, uh, you know, but for the rest of us, we come in, they lead us in, and in the presence of the Lord, refreshing comes, but everything that is available in the kingdom is found in the presence of the Lord. I love the presence of the Lord. Mm. Let's go to verse 2. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the temple, which was called beautiful. When your focus in the temple is on the temporary, you'll miss your breakthrough. What am I saying? What am I meaning? When, When you come into the temple of the Lord, and your focus is primarily upon... And, and, and get me, get me, uh, hear my, hear my heart in this. I'm not downing the soul. But your focus is probably, man, I get to see Sister So and so, or I get to see my friends. I get to have fellowship. Fellowship is good, but that's a secondary. It's not that it's not good. No, it's just, it's just not the primary. Um, and I can go through a list, and I'm not gonna you're getting the point. Whenever you come to the house of the Lord, and you come with this idea that you think you know what's going to happen, and granted, most of the times, it happens pretty much predictably what you see on the outside. But what we don't know is that even in what some might say, oh, there wasn't a lot going on in the service, you don't know what the Lord was doing on the inside. With people, and I trust me, I preached a lot of services where I thought, "Oh, that was kind of a that was kind of a uh, you know that was kind of a blank one." There, we'll just we'll just do a do-over, and then someone comes up later and say, "Oh, man, whether it be the word or whatever happened, and God just touched me." I'm like, "Lord, forgive me, because I'm I am clueless sometimes." And uh, Paul said, "We see through a glass darkly. We prophesy in part, we understand in part. Why? Because God is far more active than what we can ever even imagine." In all of our imaginations together, when our focus in the temple is on the temper you 'll miss the the, the um, opportunity for breakthrough. If you think you know what god 's going to do before you get here you 're limiting what God really wants to do within your life and so guess what i 'm preaching to i 'm preaching to me today i 'm preaching to the choir Lord I want to come with this sense, with this sense of expectation that god Whatever you want to do today, in me, to me, through us, through whatever. Lord, I'm ready for whatever you want to do. This man had been laid at the same place, at the same door, at the same mat for decades. And seeing the same people come in and drop the same penny or two in his little uh, pop, uh, cup or bucket or whatever it was. And he knew this was going to be just another day to get enough money to buy the bread to keep him so he can, so he can continue on with life. Not knowing that Peter and John were coming that day to the house of the Lord. You see, I believe this, is that whenever your focus when you come to the temple is on, is on, uh, the incredible capability of what God and God alone can do, He sets up divine intersections. There will be people that will be sent just to your spot, your place, for that moment in time, so that God can use them as a conduit to bless your life. Come on, somebody. You can be that person for somebody else. The second part, in verses three, in chapter three, verses four and five, and it says, and, and Peter, uh, and John going to the temple, asked for, uh, and he was asking for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. God will demand your attention before He changes your expectations. Another thing that happens in worship is the process of the Holy Holy Spirit getting your attention. Why is it on some of those songs you just felt God bumps coming up? Oh, it's blessing and it's all good. And man, I mean, the worship's awesome, and the and the piano and all the things are working together. Thank you, God, for talent and anointed gifting and all of that. But really, a lot of what's going on at that point, whenever you're sensing that tangible presence of the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit getting your attention, not just so that you have a moment of feeling like, oh, God's in the house. No, He's getting your attention. Who knows what He wants to do in you today? Uh, uh, I heard one speaker, and I've used it a couple times here, but I loved it because it just it just drives this point home. He is, uh, you know, all the names of God, but one of them is Jehovah Sneaky. He'll just sneak up whenever you least expect it, and he'll just he'll just get a hold of your life, and he will begin to rearrange and and pull and prod and do things and and work in your life. Whenever I got saved, it was in the Jesus People uh, revival in the early '70s, and and uh, Sunday nights were were primarily a youth service. And I remember at times going in and not I was new to church, to that kind of church, didn't know what was going to happen, but several hours would go by. and it seemed like it was minutes it was like uh, you couldn't even I couldn't even tell you what they preached or what they did all I knew is that we were just in and the presence of God came down is that just a special time well that was a kairos that was a moment in time but I'm going to tell you if you think that was back then and it's never going to be again you're wrong something greater can be and will be and part of this message is to get us to a point where we're, we're like Lord we want to have our attention focus on you completely because that's whenever our expectations and what you want to do not just in my brother and sister but in me Lord, what do you want to do in me today? Let's just make that a prayer right now. Lord, what do you want to do in me today, God? Is there anything that you want to change in me today, Lord? Verse 7, jumping on down, the miracles progressing here. And, and um, as this um, crippled man focused his attention on Peter because Peter said, look at me. <laughs> One thing about not having expectation in coming to church where you think you know everything that's going to happen and just when and how and where is that a lot of time, if something out of the ordinary does happen, it freaks people out. So, can we just talk freely for a moment? Are you going to be okay if something out of the ordinary begins to happen from time to time? Are you going to be okay and just say, let's see what the Lord's up to. Let's see what God's getting ready to do. Now, I'm for decency and order and all of that, and we're not talking about that kind of thing, but sometimes the Holy Spirit's just going to break in upon things, and it's not going to be like it's always been. Why? Because He's got a breakthrough. He'll break in upon us. So uh, he'll demand your attention. But in verse 7, uh, he, he said, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Don't be afraid to make contact with the impossible. I've received prayer for this my whole life, and it's still the same. Today may be your day. <laughs> I have I have a, a hearing disability problems at, at times and so I wear hearing aids and thank God for that but um, I can't tell you how many times I've received prayer for heat for, for my ears I've had oil poured on them I've had oil poured in them I've had I mean I can go down the list and I, and I loved every moment and anytime I'm in um, a place especially where there's a healing uh, altar call given I'll go up and I will ask would you pray for my ears well have you ever been healed yet I'm not deaf yet so yes I'm not fully hearing like I was, but they were telling me five years ago that by the time I reached the age I am now that I would be deaf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I could go on, and the Lord has brought many healings in my life, and I'm going to take this time to uh, go over all those, but I can tell you that don't be afraid to make contact with the impossible. Listen, unless you're willing to take a chance... Unless you're willing to say, here I am, Lord. Unless you're willing, this this gentleman, crippled as he was, he saw these two guys going in. They kind of got his attention. He thought he was going to get maybe a nice little uh, coin in his bucket. How how do you think he would have ever thought that day when they were dropping him off, that we're dropping you off a cripple today. When we pick you up, you'll be carrying your mat and you'll be dancing in the streets. Wow, what a day. Aren't you glad he didn't miss church that day? <laughs> Aren't you glad? I was glad when they said unto me, listen, why don't you come to church every time saying, God, I want to make contact with the impossible today, either for my life or somebody else's life. He is the God that everything is possible for. Verse 11. I'm going to begin to wrap it up with this. And so we go through this process and he received strength. He stood up. He's leaping. He's walking. He entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. Listen, I'm just going to give you, um, I'm going to give you permission right now. If you just are overcome with praise and you want to jump up at times and just begin shouting praise to God, it's okay. We'll wait for you if nothing else. If it gets too much, we'll just take you in a side room and let you praise God all you want and we'll carry on. But, but all I'm saying is, if, if the, if the anointing of the Lord, what I'm, what I'm doing is saying, it's okay guys, if it breaks out of the normal, if it breaks out of the ordinary, if it gets, it's okay to have break, it's okay to have a season of refreshing. Honestly, sometimes we get so dry that we need the heavens to open and the thunderclap to come and the Spirit of God to invade the place and things just get turned upside down. Somebody say, thank you Lord. Whenever you're ready, I'm wanting to do that in my life. I'm ready. Verse 11, so he was praising God and it says they knew that this was the one who sat begging at the street, at the gate, beautiful in the temple, and they were wondering and filled with amazement and they were worshiping God. Now, verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, you got to hang on. (laughs) <laughs> you got to hang on not because you need help, but because you want to stay close. He was already healed. He wasn't needing somebody to tip him up and, and keep him uh, you know, steady because his legs weren't quite. No, his strength was there. It was all, but for something in him, he wouldn't let go of the two apostles. He just kept hanging on to them. And I just loved that when I saw that. He wasn't hanging on to be steady like he had done his whole life. He was hanging on because he wanted to stay close to these guys that brought the Spirit of the Lord into his life. Listen, there is a thing about the family of God that it, there's a closeness that we should embrace. There's a thing, and I'm not just talking about hanging on one another physically, but I'm just saying, listen, God wants you to be a part of something. This isn't about just making it on your own. You, you're being connected to something that is so much bigger than you. And whenever you come in to close to that, I can tell you without, a, without one um, uh, doubt at all that the family uh, relationship I have in the body of Christ is closer than most of my uh, you know, blood relative relationships that I have. Come on, somebody. Some of the stories I told this morning, they're precious. they were my family. I love them. Uh, years ago, I was in, a, I was in a, a, a district meeting in one of the districts, and, and an individual that had, that had left the organization was coming back in, and, and we were going through that application again. And somebody, some, one of the um, uh, members there said, well, um, why is this individual reapplying to come back in? And I loved it so much. One of our dear friends, Daryl Shore, was there. And Daryl looked around, and he said, because he missed us. Because he missed us. You know what? I'm not worried about the backsliders out there uh, uh, at this point because at some point, they're going to begin to miss the Father's house. You know what? They're going to miss you. They're going to miss the things that, that, that the Lord brought. They're going to want to hang on. And it's not a sign of weakness of hanging on. Uh, and it's a sign of being connected in something that's bigger than you. We need one another. Turn to somebody right now and say, I need you. That was easy for most of you. Now I'm going to say, turn to somebody else. And this is going to be the hard, the hard part. Um, you need me. <laughs> I always loved that. Because honest, honestly, we believe the lie sometimes of the enemy that nobody misses me when I'm not here, nobody, you know, all that kind of jazz. No, we need each other desperately. I think, I think one of the lessons out of COVID should be never again when we shut the church down. Come on, somebody. I think one of the lessons should come out of that is uh, never again will I be absent. There, there was a reason Paul said don't forsake the assemblings of yourselves together. As is the custom, as someone, there's, there's a thing that gets on people sometimes and they just feel like, man, I'm just going to go it alone. That's a lie from the devil. You were never meant to go it alone. We need each other. Last week, I started in Philippians, and Paul said, every time I pray, God brings you to my remembrance. One of the most incredible statements in his whole ministry, in my opinion, in that introduction in the book of Philippians. Every time I pray, Holy Spirit brings you into my remembrance. If the Holy Spirit brings somebody into your remembrance that's not here, that's his tap on your shoulder to say, make the call. Shoot the text out. Better yet, give the lunch invitation. Better yet, you take the first step. Oh, and by the way, if it's been a while since you've been around, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's tapping on your shoulder, saying, "I missed you." We were—you uh, need to—you need to say, "Here I am, Lord." Send me. I'm going to finish with this. Susan and I were, were in a—in uh, a meeting in, in San um, San Ramon, California. That's in the Bay Area, California, many years ago. And I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember um, Napoleon Kaufman. He was a—he was a, a football player for the uh, for the Oakland Raiders at that time, and he started a church. And uh, he had, uh, it, was, it was happening in church, and it was, it was going on. He had the best worship going on. He had, he had a lot of football players were going to that church, and Susan and I had heard about it. So we got some friends, and we went to that service, and we showed up. Uh, we showed up that night. And it was a salt and pepper church. Now, this is a salt church right now. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay. Pastor Grace. There were black and white people in the church. Napoleon was a, is a black man. And so most of the, oh, not most, it was, it was 50, 40, 60, something like that. But we were, the, we were the white folks, and we were sitting in the back. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a black worship service, but they're, they're amazing. They had a guy named Scotty, and he weighed about 260 pounds, and he's playing the piano. And and Scotty turns out that he's not just a worship leader, but he's a prophet. And the place is packed, and the air's going full, but it's sweaty, and it's sticky. And, and uh, we're sitting back, and I'm thinking, yeah, man, I, I feel God here, and you know, I can probably tell you, if I'm gonna be truthful, my attitude probably wasn't the best at that moment. These friends took us there and all of a sudden Scotty stopped and he pointed from the keyboard to the back. And we were in the back row. And he said, You, that guy back there, and he started and then it took a thirty seconds and finally I realized that that he's talking to me. And my friend's name is Floyd, and Scotty started saying some things that were actually pretty personal. And I knew Scotty didn't know anything about it. And I looked at Floyd and I, I thought Floyd came in and he started talking to these guys before we ever got going to the service. And I looked over and said, "Floyd, did you?" And he, and he said, "I didn't say a word." <laughs> Sometimes you need to hang on just to stay close. Well, I had done—I had led morning prayer meetings for over a decade, five days a week, plus Saturday night prayer meeting, plus all that kind of stuff. And at that point in my life, I was—I was not doing that. I wasn't in that prayer meeting, and—and and I was still praying, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I knew where I needed to be. Come on, we're just, we're, we're in the house of God. It's all it's all truth here, all right? And, um, but the Holy Spirit knew what to tell him to tell me to get my attention. And he said, what's your name? And I said, well, Gary. And he said, Gary, the Holy Spirit says he misses you every morning. Where have you been? Oh, no. <laughs> the sisters came around with the box of the tissues. Yeah, started pulling... Sticking them all over my face. God was speaking to my life again. Not because he wanted me to lead a prayer meeting. No, he missed me. It so so wrecked my life. It so opened up the doors for breakthrough in my life. It so transformed and, and, and transitioned some things in my life at that moment that were desperately needed, not on the outside, but on the inside. And so sometimes you gotta you, you got to hang on, not because you need help. you just got to hang on so you can stay close. It wasn't about, about being a great intercessor or a great, great prayer leader. No, it was about, I need to stay, stay close to Jesus every step of the day because I can't make it without him, and neither can you. wants to stand up this morning. Maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is tapping on your shoulder saying, Where have you been? Or even better yet, why don't you start a new a new uh, experience in your journey? Why don't you take a little bit of time every day and just dedicate it to me, to calling upon my name, seeking me out. Not just reading the Bible in your daily Bible plan. God bless you for that. It's awesome. But coming into the point saying, Lord, here I am and I need you. I'm not coming because I, I have needs, Lord. I'm coming because I need you. You are the biggest, greatest need I have in my life. And I believe the Spirit of God is ministering to somebody right now. And, and, and I'm just going to uh, ask you, just say yes to what His Spirit is prompting inside of you. He's calling you closer to Him. He's calling you, whether He's calling you back into something or whether He's calling you in fresh and new for the first time. This is a moment in time right here where the Holy Spirit is going to do something extraordinary. And out of, the, out of the ordinary thing of what happens on a Sunday morning service here, we're going to take about three minutes, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit minister. If you're here today and you feel God calling you closer to Him, if you feel him calling you out, tapping you on the shoulder, say, son, daughter, I want you to take a, take a step closer to me today. I'm going to ask you to take a step just into the aisle. You don't need to come forward. Just take a step into the aisle. Make your way with the center aisle or side aisle. Just take a step. It's not towards me. It's not about listening, doing something the preacher's wanting you to do. It's about saying yes because the Spirit of God is saying, I want to be close to you because I love being near to you, and you need to be near to me. Thank you. Thank you, God. Now, everybody, just begin to pray with me. Ha, <laughs> ha. This is what I want us to pray together as a body. Yes, Lord. It's a very easy prayer. It's just two words. Yes, Lord. Just begin to pray that over this. Maybe maybe if you see somebody and you just have a burden for them, stretch your hand over them and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You do what only you can do. Yes, Lord. We give you permission to bring breakthrough. If you're here today and you need a breakthrough in some area of your life, step into that aisle on the side or in the center. Just step into it right now. Let, let's give the God of the impossible an opportunity to do the impossible in your life. Lord, I need a breakthrough, and then you fill in the blank. You, just step into that aisle. It's a step of faith. Holy Spirit, come and visit and perform what only you can do in the lives of these people in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you permission to take everything and anything that we have. We surrender it to you today. Lord, we came with thinking, this is how it's going to be in church today. But Lord, you're doing something different. And so, Holy Spirit, you come and minister breakthrough from heaven in these lives. Break bondages right now in the name of Jesus. Snap the power of addiction in the name of Jesus. Pull down strongholds that the enemy has built up in people's minds of, of doubt and fear for decades. Lord, we just bind that and break it in the name of Jesus. Lord, those who have been wounded and abused and broken and, and hurt in life's journey. Lord, bring healing right now in the name of Jesus. Deep down in where no person can get to, but only God can get to. Bring it and heal in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take and the turnaround would happen, oh God. And it would happen and we would be glad that it's happening. <laughs> But just worship Him. Just take 30 seconds and just begin to worship Him. Say, I love you, Jesus. It all belongs to you, Jesus. Everything about it belongs to you, Jesus. There's Everything I am, it belongs to you, Jesus. All that my life is, I surrender it to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. You need to turn around today. Just lift up your hands and lay hold of it. Say, Lord, I, I, I lay hold of my breakthrough in Jesus' name. It's all you and not me, Jesus. I lay hold of my breakthrough in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. Let's put our hands together and thank God for his faithfulness, his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you so much. Hey, if you need prayer, I'm going to open the altars. We've still got a few minutes. If you need prayer, come on down and we'll pray for you. Show yourself friendly. We'll see you Wednesday night for prayer meeting, 7 to 8. And uh, we love you. See you next week.